Hey everybody, before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by the brand new Bacon and Eggs Book Club. You can access the book club over at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. It's our $5 reward tier over there, and it's something we're trying out brand new for the month of April. All month long, we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Again, that's the book, not the movie. There's a lot of great new content that goes along with the book club, including new videos, new episodes. We're going to be doing some awesome stuff there over there, as well as you can get access to our super secret Discord server. We're going to be talking about the book all month long. So go ahead and sign up for that. It's a $5 reward at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and you'd be really helping us out to keep the show alive and going so go ahead and check it out howdy yokes and welcome back to bacon and eggs i'm tyler carlin and i'm ethan edgehill and we're coming to you live from the back of a horse or perhaps just banging some coconuts together to bring you our take on one of comedy's greatest films that's right we're talking monty python and the holy grail so prepare to siege the castle because here goes nothing. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Uh. Okay. So Ethan, this movie uh, was released April twenty seventh, nineteen seventy five. That was fifteen thousand six hundred and sixty eight days ago as oh, of recording. Man, I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't. Yeah, I wasn't born. I was not. Born I wasn't at all. born for another seventeen 0% years. Zero percent born. Uh, how much did it cost to make this? Movie. This is by far our least expensive film. Now, I'm pretty sure this number is adjusted for inflation, but it had a $400,000 budget. Okay. Yeah, that's and not, also adjust- it's not what? a lot. No, that's literally nothing. It would cost the budget of this movie like over 120 times over just to have Robert Downey Jr. in this film. Yeah, that's uh, like, like 12 times less than The Room. Yeah. If that tells but, you anything. But The Room was like suspiciously expensive yes that that's correct yeah uh did it did it make any money though it did it really it was a worthwhile investment for those monty boys monty python boys Mon- the monty, pythons the pythons john cleese and friends anyway it made five million dollars and again i think that is adjusted for inflation i'm not sure what the numbers would have been in 1975 but it was very well received at least as of today it has a 97 percent critic rating on rotten tomatoes 95 percent audience rating and this is the kicker right here a 93 on metacritic which i, I think think that's our best one i think that's our best movie yet i, I think the only positive. yeah the only other one i can think of maybe back to the future and i don't think it was that high i can check real quick 86 back to the future is 86 86 wow so yeah, it is our best received movie by metacritic yes uh so that, that's some good numbers right there i mean that's what you want to see for your I mean, low budget comedy film it's no citizen kane it's no citizen kane but they you know i've been doing a lot of research on this movie today and uh they tell me about it they didn't particularly think it was a citizen kane either they thought it was just going to be a silly little thing that some people watched i don't think they had the expectations that it would do nearly as well as it did well it's become this incredible cult classic here's the problem with the cult classic okay hang on hang on before we dive into this we got to do some reviews okay do you have a, a negative review? I'm sure that must have been challenging to find. We had, fun fact, we usually use Rotten Tomatoes to find our negative reviews just because it's a great aggregator. And there are two negative reviews for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and neither of the links still work. We have that problem a lot with these older films. I don't know if you know this. So, yeah, we neither of these links still work, uh, which is not, un, you know, uncommon because they were published on online newspapers in 2001, uh, which was a while ago for the internet. And even, even then, those reviews are 26 years old. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Well, the uh, reviews probably weren't but the, yeah, the content the, the, was the content of it so yeah. we had to turn actually we turned to our facebook group because we managed to find one of our own listeners wives hates this movie with a burning passion does she she does Can you tell me more yeah so we have a review from heidi miller she said i hate this movie so much it literally killed more brain cells than the princess bride which is saying a lot because i passionately hate that movie as well it's completely all over the place and the humor in air quotes is 100 percent based in stupidity and completely
completely ridiculous. Watching this movie accomplishes nothing except it fuels my hate fire and gets me extremely angry. This movie is nothing but a mess of stupid antics and reminds me of a horrible 7th grade movie project I made for my English class, except maybe that my homemade movie was put together way better. Zero out of five stars. If it was a breakfast food, it would be burnt toast. Everyone loves toast, but this toast sucks because it's burnt and someone thought it would be funny to put Vegemite on it. <laughs> I love that last little quip. And and someone, someone put, put Vegemite on this toast. You ever had Vegemite, Tyler? Uh, no. This is going to offend the surprisingly large percentage of people that listen to our show in Af er, Africa, in Australia. Vegemite's Angola, hello. Vegemite's disgusting. Is it? I've never had Vegemite. Yeah, just like... I know that there's that line in the song where he's like, and he offered me a Vegemite sandwich. It's a real thing. Uh, I don't know how common it is, uh, how prevalent it is compared to, you know, what men at work would have us believe. But it is a real thing. And it takes... Tastes approximately, just go to your kitchen, open the refrigerator, uh, pop the top off your entire bottle of soy sauce, and just drink the whole thing. Uh, you're telling the wrong person to do that. I'm a huge fan of soy sauce. Yeah, but then it's a, it's a lot of soy sauce, man. I don't, and I know you it, like soy sauce, but like. Will it PB and soy sauce? Don't make me do that. I might. That's, uh, there's nothing, there's few things in the world I hate more than wet bread. I, it doesn't sound like, you You have your choice of bread. You, it can be on a rice cake. That's not bread. Whatever. No, I'm sorry. N yeah, but like, if you're talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwich if i put the soy sauce on a rice cake i'm cheating at that test at that point okay like there's we'll a play spirit, the game though there's a coming there's a spirit to be observed here i I'm, I'm excited for when this comes to youtube coming to youtube next time i decide to visit tyler anyway uh let's see so i have a positive review here uh, i've got a bunch of positive reviews but i'm it, just gonna those were not hard to find no they weren't i'm just gonna read a, a snippet because it's it's like, I'm doing you no service telling you what people love about this movie. People, I mean, everybody loves it. It's amazing. Um, so I'm just going to give you a little snippet from the Boston Globe, Jay Carr. Uh, he said, nobody ever placed brilliance in the service of silliness quite the way Python, the Python gang did. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is stuffed with both. Ah, and that is, I guess, brilliance and silliness is the, the two he's referring to. Stuffed with brilliance and silliness. I would agree with that. Now, here's the thing I want to I wanna take point with your negative review there. Okay. She says the problem is that it's about nothing. Like, I will agree with her that while you are watching this movie, you are wasting your time. I'm on board with that point. What I'm not on board with is that that's a bad thing. Right. I think what's so great about it is that while you're watching it, you are absolutely wasting your time. <laughs> Right. Well, this is the first movie that we've reviewed on this podcast that I've sat down and watched it and it just kind of happened. You didn't take any notes? No, I mean, I took a few notes, but it was just like, there was no, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't go, to go use the bathroom or get some water or like, it just like, I started the movie and then the movie was over. It's like, so good. It just happened. I, I wasn't, a few I wasn't stressed. That, I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't sitting there like, are they going to find the Holy Grail? Oh my gosh. No, I didn't care about the Grail thing at all. It's not yeah. about the Grail. It's no, about the jokes. Not at all. It's about the jokes. And what? you yesterday when we were talking about this took issue with the ending uh i mean i guess there's no way they could have resolved it like inside the castle like i guess they just go in and they get the grail or whatever right i guess i mean that would have been so unsatisfying it would have yeah there's no way to end it and they knew that and that's why they did it the way that they did was that they was like well that's that's the story because there's no conflict Right? right, the conflict is where's the Grail, but that's not really like a right. Like they felt like every time they asked somebody, they got the answer pretty quick. Yeah, it's just like it's in there, this place. We think it's here. Right, but I love the fact that it was still had the French people. Hello. I thought that was, and that's what I thought you were taking issue with. But I thought that was absolutely hysterical. No, they definitely brought it back there at the end. Right, they brought it back to those jokes from the beginning, which is something that so many movies do such a good job of these days. But I don't think it was necessarily a thing back then. I don't know. I did not. I did not watch a lot of cinema i don't watch a lot of 70s era cinema no and i'll me either. i'll uh i i 
I do love the movie. I don't want to disparage that. I think what we're going to do is in an effort to break it down, we may say some negative things. Right. But I want to be clear at the end that this movie is so great because it breaks all the rules and it's still excellent. Right. It's like if you It's so aware of itself. Right. And and, and it's not it's not a movie that's for everybody. It's not a, a you know, gentrified comedy that everybody's supposed to like that was focus group to death and they they try to figure out what's gonna make the most people laugh. Hold on, I just wanna be clear real quick, because John Negroni's gonna text me about this. When I say the movie does these things, I'm referring to the Python group. I'm referring to the six men who created the movie and the two Terry's that directed it. They were the whole team. There wasn't anybody else. There was other actors and there was like a crew. So, would you say that you had fun with it? Yeah, I had fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Before I get some angry messages. Welcome to this week's episode of Bacon Eggs, where we make John Negroni as angry as possible. Right. Um, I wonder if he liked this movie. I think he does. I don't think he takes any issue with it. I mean, I've I've met very few people in my life, if any, that have had a bad word to say about this movie. It's weird, though, because you just you wouldn't ask the kind of person that doesn't like this movie whether or not they like this movie. Like that conversation would just never come up. Right. Well, because that kind of that the kind of person that doesn't like this movie isn't the kind of person that you're talking about things that are funny. Well, they, I, I don't think that's it. I just don't think that like I think there's a certain aspect to cult classics. Some people just don't click with. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? 100 percent. You know, you generally know within 10 minutes of talking to a person if they're the kind of person that watches cult classic movies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I can, I being... can pretty much tell you within within 10 minutes of talking to somebody if they've seen, like, Fight Club. Do you think my wife has seen Fight Club? No. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and if she has, it's only because you've forced her. I, I don't think I'd do that. I don't have the kind of relationship with Fight Club that a lot of people do. No, but you've seen it. Yeah, for sure. You are the you type of person to. that has seen it. Uh, what was I saying about this movie? Oh, oh uh, I love you were it. Talking about the, you were talking about the Python process. Okay, so so tell me about that because that's something I know relatively little about. I've seen plenty of Monty, Monty Python's Flying Circus, and I think this is the most recent, like obviously the most recent I've seen this movie. But this is the far farthest removed I've been from an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus while seeing this movie. So it was some kind of stuff where I, I watched this movie and I was like, man, this is kind of weird. So Flying Circus was directed by one of the other guys, not the two Terrys. So when the two Terrys came in to do this movie, they didn't come in. I mean, they were. Terry Gilliam and Terry uh, Jones. Oh God, Terry Jones. They didn't come in. I mean, they were obviously always Monty Python, but they were the ones that were like, for the feature-length movie, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna direct it. And the two-director process is is really evident once you know that it's happening because some of the scenes are just completely different from the others. Right. Um, and they literally like it was super simple. They would be like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that's Terry G, and Tuesday, Thursday is the other Terry. Like it was, there was not like a organized process to it they wouldn't go and like write it all down or whatever right. it was just these are the scenes that this terry gets right right um but what i want to talk about with the process is that this is a cult comedy or a cult classic or whatever you want to call it doesn't like the monty python brand was already a brand when it came out and it existed after this but to those six actors monty python was like a it was like a stepping stone it wasn't like this is what you're going to do forever and this is going to define your career it was like we need to make something so that we can then have the clout or the notoriety or you know the the credits to get jobs in other fields or so that we can write books and people will buy them. Like it, they were the best comedians ever, but only because they were the ones that like got together and worked hardest at comedy. Right. Be not because they wanted to do comedy because they wanted to get past that necessary step in their lives. Right. So why this frustrates me as a cult classic is because people are always like, oh, when's Monty Python getting back together? Blah, blah, blah. Cause I think five of them are still living. Right. Yeah. Um, which one died? Uh, Michael Palin, right? I think, uh, 
uh, you can edit us out, edit out us finding out which one of them died just until we get to it. One of them died. Uh, Graham Chapman's dead. Yeah, Graham Chapman is dead. Graham Chapman's dead. Okay. Uh, so Graham Chapman died, right? And then that was before their, I think, like the day before their 20th anniversary reunion or something like that. Right. And they were all kind of like, okay, well, you know, if Graham's not here, he's kind of a party pooper for dying. Uh, I think that we should just move on with our lives and go on to the next thing. Right. And that was like all of their mentalities. Like for none of them was Monty Python the end all be all of their careers. It was like, let's do this as a stepping stone. Right. Which is so weird because that's the exact way like SourceFed happened. What do you mean? Is that those people like got together and like this is this is what we're going to do to get they invented work experience. That's what a lot of the YouTubers did is they, they just invented work experience. Well, that's SourceFed was like the step two for all of them. Like Elliot Morgan and Joe Right, but Barrera now they're and... like big deal people. Oh, yeah. They're huge deals. That's what I'm Maybe saying. Maybe not as big like... as these guys, but. No, but they, that that's their way that they got in the real media. Air right quote, this was media. like yeah, this was like you know how anthony padilla left smosh yeah and now he's like off pursuing his own thing right he was like i would say as close to a modern day john cleese as it gets where john cleese shortly after season three of the show was like i don't want to do this anymore i want to move on you guys are all too silly i want to be serious this is my career i want to advance i want to star in serious roles i want to do you know and if, if we're gonna be a silly thing we're gonna do the best possible comedy ever not just improvise and not just the interesting fact about this movie every Every line scripted. Really? Every line. That's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, that just doesn't, that still doesn't happen with comedy. No. Like, if you watch the bloopers for all those Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart movies, like, 20 lines in the whole movie are scripted. Like, the, the ones that move the plot forward are scripted. Everything else right. is jokes. So, yeah, every line in this movie was scripted. What's what's crazy to me is that, like, and like you said, he's the one that went to be serious and, and went off by himself. Like, John Cleese, I think, to, to me, as a 25-year-old human being in, in 2018, like, I know John Cleese's name way better than the rest of these dudes' names. Yeah, I would know Graham Chapman. But Terry Gilliam, Terry Jones, Michael Palin, Eric Idle. I wouldn't know their names if I didn't know about Monty Python. Like, Right. But John Cleese is a name you would know. John Cleese is a name you would know. But he's like the least important person in this movie. He's uh lancelot because like he didn't direct it and he's not king arthur yeah but i don't know he's pretty i mean he's still john cleese i mean for sure but but like that's kind of what i'm, I'm asking though is like like it, it, was he john cleese then i have no idea that's the thing is like you would you would think like they would pick the most popular one to be the main character i think graham chapman was then but graham chapman was dead for eight years when you and i were born or right and that's 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 the point i'm making i guess is that or, like, uh, three years three years i'm sorry that's the point i guess i'm making is that like clearly uh, you know john cleese going up by himself and saying hey i want to do a serious thing i want to be my own guy it kind of worked for him like he's nearly headless nick you're right yeah yeah he was also archie leach and a fish called wanda that's a great movie is it yeah yeah that that's movie also is, got michael palin in it that movie is freaking hysterical they're all hysterical i think like i said i think that they might be like the best comedians who ever lived because they weren't i don't know that they were naturally funny john I think they were wrote naturally, a fish called wanda turns out oh did he mm -hmm. i think they were i don't know that they were naturally funny i think they were naturally the hardest working people in hollywood and they chose comedy and of course it wasn't hollywood it was you know london or whatever right uh, but i think that they like they're like rocket scientists of comedy right it, it was it was calculated it was like we're gonna tell these jokes and deliver them at this time and like every scene in this movie was rehearsed well this movie feels to me like it was the same way um that like the blues brothers got made where it was like a sketch that that went too far and they needed to make it into a movie it was sort of like that just just reading the history of it is they made the first movie and now for something completely different i think is what the first uh, movie was the meaning of life i thought no that's the last one 71 was in now for something completely different okay so that's probably it yeah that yeah, was because, two years after flying circus came out because yeah so they made that and it was oh my gosh they all played so many parts <laughs> yeah um they made that and it was just a collection of refilmed sketches right is what happened 
and then they repooled what they wanted to do and they wrote a bunch of new sketches for the next movie and they said they're like half of them ended up being medieval and half of them ended up being like modern and then you can about 90 percent of that script got thrown out and they rewrote the rest of it from the 10 percent of medieval stuff and they ended up with holy grail but you can still see some of that touch of modern with the Where you know the police get arrested at the end yeah and, the, and they get arrested of course um so that's that's sort of the process for me and that's sort of a breakdown of what it is and that like so it's it ends up being this cult classic and everybody loves it as this cult classic and it's like oh let's get monty python back together but like they don't want to get back together they didn't even want to be making this movie they like right. didn't have fun making this movie uh, i they don't just, believe that no it's true it really? was uh they were all wearing like wool and it was always wet and cold and it was the wrong time of oh, year yeah. and they didn't have any budget and the gotcha. hotel they were staying in only had so much hot water and they were just miserable the whole time <laughs> but they made it because they were like the you know the the Heisenbergs of comedy. Gotcha. You know, I thought you were, were trying like, to say that they, like, they all hated Monty Python. Like, No, I don't think that's yeah. the case, I think. But like, so have, you didn't... S- have you seen the other movies or any of the show? I've seen some of the show. And I'm glad you brought that up because when I, you and I were talking earlier, I said that I wanted to talk about the Beatles. Yeah. This is sort of my transition there. I've seen some of the show because to me, it's like the Beatles. You're familiar with Roger Ebert, right? The person yeah. we're all trying to be. Yeah. You're familiar with his great quote, like, if I could experience anything, like, the greatest experience I could ever have would be going back and watching my favorite movie for the first time. Yeah. To me, Monty Python and the Beatles is that. I know if I go out and I seek all the Beatles songs or I watch all of Flying Circus, I'll enjoy it and it'll be great. But then for the rest of my life, I won't get to experience it for the first time. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So, like, I recently knowingly listened to Strawberry Fields Forever for the first time Fair and enough. i'm having so much fun with it <laughs> Fair enough right because that's such a good song yeah i mean so that's that's sort of the connection i want to make play my cards close Here. to my chest on this one i know you're not a huge beatles I'm not fan. a huge beatles fan but i was also inundated with the beatles i was wrong about the beatles like i didn't I, like them for a long time i was not you know i was not born a beatles fan but i i had a being a beatles fan thrust upon me is that so yeah it was like i i, I was uh, it was a requirement in my household and that's weird that you bring up monty python as well because it's like that's something i was definitely thrown into whether i wanted to or not tell me tell me about your experience i feel like i've been talking for like 20 minutes tell me some of your thoughts and some things i don't know i've seen i've seen holy grail probably like close to a dozen times okay um it's just it was it was on a lot in my household as was you know the uh it's now for something completely different and and uh not life of brian that's the one that's hard to get. Um, I said it earlier. Uh, the Meaning of Life. Life of Brian's okay. the one you're not allowed to watch in Scotland. Yeah, that's that's the one. Why? I, I don't entirely know the whole story, but it's something to do with the church. Okay. Um, in that, like, that's the one about Jesus. There's one I was reading about earlier or learning about earlier where there was like some like unbelievably blasphemous thing that happens or something. Like they just went completely too far with something. Yeah, I mean that's Life of Brian generally. Okay. Is what people. So that's about that's about Brian of Nazareth, <laughs> who was born in the stable next door to Jesus and. He spends his whole life thinking he's the Messiah. Gotcha. But he's not. So it's about like the light. It's about, I almost just said it's about the life of Brian, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's about like Brian Christ. Gotcha. <laughs> Coming to terms with not being the Messiah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's hysterical, but it's, it's a lot. Uh, and it was, you know, the seventies, but I, so I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of flying circus. The show is absolutely hysterical. I mean, the show, it is, I'll give you that. The show is in a lot of ways better than the movies just because it is, it's so many different ideas they can present to you all at one time. And you don't have the parts where in some of the movies it just feels like kind of cobbled together. It's like Saturday Night Live, but insane. Saturday Night Live was insane back then, too. Well, yeah, it, and it got us the Blues Brothers and, you know, Animal House. All that jazz. Yeah. Belushi. 
Yeah, everything Belushi and Aykroyd were in. Man, those are the good days. Right. Uh, but yeah, like the Blues Brothers was a was a, a you know a four minute sketch. That they Wait, made. hold on. Can I can I just say something real yeah. quick? SNL has been on a downtick for a while. Yeah. It is on an uptick right now. Is it? I, in my mind. That's, I've been watching some sketches recently that have very much pleased my palate. That's very good to hear. Um, I, that That's my opinion. If, if you go back and you watch it and you're like, nope, this still sucks, then that's fine. I mean, but, there's something funny in every episode of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but like some of the guests are better than others. Oh, definitely. And there's definitely like Will some... Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart and, uh, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Who's the one that does it all the time? The Steve Martin. Yeah. Steve Martin's on, you know. Well, so I, I, I like Steve Martin in, in sketch comedy and stuff like that i like steve martin a lot and stuff like that i generally hate steve martin movies really yeah i just don't find them that funny i never have you didn't like like planes trains and automobiles that movie sucked bro no it didn't i watched it with you and i thought that while we were watching it but then like it resonated with me so depressing a week later i don't i know that like bad things keep happening and that that is always a frustrating trope for me in like classic comedy is that like you know just you keep crashing your car or by the end of it you know whatever you know what i'm saying i'm guessing yeah well it's it, that's a, and that's a lot of what Steve Martin's comedy is is he just gets pooped on by life right and it's the same, it was the same with uh it, like if, to me it's the same with Jim Carrey but I think Jim Carrey does it so much better oh man Jim Carrey is an exceptional person people who don't like Jim Carrey movies are wrong I'm sorry like it, it, you're, you're incorrect yeah he's hilarious yeah it, he's one of the most flexible comedic actors out there right if you if you didn't like Ace Ventura like I get it. I understand that. But, like, if you're sitting there saying, oh, I hate every Jim Carrey movie just because, oh, I don't like Jim Carrey or whatever, you're just incorrect. Like, flat out, you're not giving him the credit he deserves. You're not trying. And I, I, I urge you, as long as we're talking about comedy, if you haven't watched it already, uh, going over to Netflix and watching the Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Seinfeld, mm-hmm. I think it's the first episode he does with Jim Carrey. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's obviously... Like, now a lot of people know Jim Carrey is in a state in his life where he's just all about being an artist and right. you know he's kind of stepped back from comedy and he he says something really interesting in the show like I could never make another movie and never do anything else with show business and be completely pleased with how my career went. Um, and I think he won't for a while do another movie, but I think he will come back. Right. Well, it, you know, I don't know. I think the whole... Because if you... Have you watched Jim and Andy? Andy. No, Jim and Andy, the movie. Jim and Jim and oh. Andy, The Great Beyond. No, I have not. Is that around the time of the cable guy? No, it's like... Oh, no, you're talking about the, the like new brand one. brand new, yeah. He, uh, the, the, the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, I need to, though. That's the one where he talks about uh, Andy... What's his name? About playing Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon. Yeah, and he... Like, it was like a suicidal experience yeah like messed him up and still to this day messes him up yeah because he did the Heath Ledger thing Right. And not, I mean, not quite that far, obviously, but so we're completely off topic. Jim Carrey's not at this movie. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, as long as we're talking Python, you're talking about its impact and the history of comedy. You've got to bring up some of these great comedy shaping well, comedians. Well, and that's the thing. Because we don't talk comedy on this show no, very much. No, but you can't ignore, you can't ignore the movie for what it's done for comedic cinema. You just, you can't. Correct. You can't. It's not possible. Now, There's so, and maybe there, there are things that not are not seen for the first time, but there are things that are getting to the, the masses for the first time in comedy. Now, do you think, I think think this is my belief i don't know the people and i wasn't there but i think watching this movie and knowing the history of it that the python guys work worked harder for what they were doing than kevin hart does yeah what are your thoughts on that well i mean kevin hart came from stand-up correct so it's a different okay like that's that's a hard comparison to make because like stand-up comics work their off to get anywhere that's true like the ones that's that true. the ones that end up getting somewhere like they grind it out for years but i think that guys like kevin hart were capitalists right they were out there doing their comedy shows and building an audience and getting fans where i think monty python was more about how do we write the best jokes for sure ever for sure and i think i, I mean obviously kevin hart is a much better 
marketing professional and capitalist than I think the Monty Python guys were because he makes movies with million dollar budgets that are, you know, him and Will Ferrell making jokes. And they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're awful. Everybody goes to see them. They still laugh. They're still funny. Air quote funny. But I think they're funny. Some of them. And I love Kevin. I love Kevin Hart stand up. I do. I'm not one of those people that's going to sit here and be like, I hate Kevin Hart. I love Kevin Hart more than most stand up comics. I like, think I, I also love Kevin Hart, but I also loved like like a lot of the pop stand up comics. Uh, I love Chappelle, Dane Cook, uh, which I know those are two whole different realms because Chappelle's like an avant-garde comic and Dan Cook is like a shout at the mic comic. Right. Uh, but I know a lot about comedy. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But you, yeah, you, these guys, you're, you're exactly right. They were trying to write and especially if this movie was painstakingly written and painstakingly rehearsed, like... Well, then they weren't doing it for any money. Like, they were Right. They, they had no... Money. They had nothing to gain other than the eventual end goal which was this being a resume piece right this is an this internship for them right right like essentially and of course then after they made it everybody was like oh keep doing the python thing and everybody's like well no where were you the last you know 10 years when we made the tv show or whatever right <laughs> We don't want to keep doing the Python thing. Right. And it's just they've, they've opened the door for so many people. And, like, what you're telling me about that is a very 21st century, like, entrepreneurial mentality of, like, if nobody's paying you to make the movies you want and, you know, create the content you want and you want to get to the bigger role, like, just go do it. Right. I was listening to Rhett and Link the other day, and they were talking about, I don't know if you saw this. I can't remember if it was on Ear Biscuits or on Good Mythical Morning, but they were talking about how if you want, it must have been Ear Biscuits because this would, would have no place on GMM. Uh, they are talking about if you want to work for us, you know, we ask you about what content content have you created you know what's your what's your repertoire what right what's your portfolio you know it's like if and that's that's the modern entertainment world right you can go out and you can make content and you can grow that into your own business or you can go out and make content and apply to work for a bigger channel and you can work for philip defranco or Rhett and link or or you know super carlin brothers whoever it is and but like it, it all starts with you being a creator and i think that's what these guys were doing 40 years ahead of time right it's like they're not looking for office managers they're looking for office managers with a podcast right office managers who make youtube videos who do whatever they want somebody who's gonna keep creating and has the drive to create well and somebody who's gonna have an idea to bounce off of exactly when you come into the office and say you know because why would you hire just creative personnel you wouldn't no because you want to go into the office and say hey accounting and you know well uh, yeah and if you watch good mythical crew like they're all they all have a role every episode of good mythical morning no matter what they do for the company right right because why wouldn't you right you and, roles. yeah you're, you're on camera and, all you're, the time. and you're recruiting people who you know like you and i do went to their day job from nine to five and got very good at that skill and then from 5 p.m to 2 a.m went out and created right and now you've got two valuable skills right exactly it's like that guy what's his name alex on on gmm that, whose job is like i know he does other stuff for for mythical entertainment but he's like the guy that wears the wolf the michigan wolverines hat and pours stuff into the into the drink fountains what yeah like every time there's there involves uh like them drinking some kind of liquid it's the same guy who does the pouring huh every time he always has a wolverine's hat on is that the which one's the michigan i like that kyle likes? that's michigan wolverines university okay. of michigan because the other one's the t- Trojans? No. Spartans. Spartans. Oh, was, whatever. I hope the right mythology. Uh, I was gonna, If you say they're the same thing, I think Sparta and Troy would have something to say about that. <laughs> Sparta and Troy can't say anything about that because they're, they're gone. Dead. They're gone. Fricked! I think uh, University of South Carolina? No, that's... Gamecocks. Southern California? Is that home? Trojans, yeah. USC Trojans. Trojans. Whatever, man. It's the same freaking letters. I was close. It is. They're both USC. Yeah. What were we talking about? Monty Python. Monty Python. Can we talk about the scene? Yeah. Which one's your favorite scene? Because they're all like little sketches, right? Yeah. Do you have a favorite? It's honestly probably the, like, it's between the first one and the witch scene. I love the witch scene. But just the first, the first scene in the movie is, 
possibly the greatest, like, some of the greatest comedic exposition. You got coconuts and you're banging them together. Right. And it just, it's completely meta. It completely breaks the fourth wall. The movie does that over and over and over again. Right. Right. It's it's just, it's like medieval Deadpool. Right. Um, but it's like, they, wh what was the story? So they didn't have money for horses, right? That's a legitimate thing. Correct. They could not afford horses. So, like, at the time... People still listen to radio shows. This was before the radio lull of like probably 1995 to now 2005. Well, radio is not really back, but audio broadcasts are right. the thing people listen to, you know, Audible and, and podcasts. Right. Um, and I think I, maybe it's just from being in this world, but I think Sirius is on the rise again. Um, what are we talking about? Coconuts. Oh, oh, coconuts. The coconuts were often used in audio broadcasts to simulate horses. So they just used the coconuts and galloped. Right. Which is such a great, Just it just, it just tells you immediately what kind of movie this is going to be. Because he just fiercely denies it. I rode it on a horse. Right. It got two arms of a coconut. And they get in the whole swallow discussion. Found them in Mercia. The coconut's tropical. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me that two swallows strung a line between them? <laughs> oh, man. And he's just sitting here like, I'm Arthur, king of the Britons. How am I having this conversation? Right. Nobody, nobody is giving him credit for minute. being King Arthur. We're smarter than this. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were drawing from there. No. I don't I don't think no, so. No, but if they were to, like, reboot this movie for some reason, I would pick Ewan McGregor to replace Graham Chapman. <laughs> I, I'd pick Ewan McGregor for most, as long as we're all on the same page about that. But I do, I just love the witch scene, where the guy's like, and what do you do with witches? And it's like, they're trying to guess these, they're making like them guess the answers. If she weighs the same as a duck, then she's a witch. <laughs> she's made of wood, and therefore... A witch. We shall use my largest scales. That's a heavy duck. No, it's not. When he steps away from the scales, they're like completely uneven. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. She didn't weigh the same as a duck. Yeah. The scales didn't work. Yeah. You're right. I think I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is when he's talking to Dennis, where the uh just the peasant in like the field and oh, he's trying yeah. to figure no, out who yeah. lives in the no, castle. No, you're you're hundred percent you're hundred percent right. Help, help, I'm being oppressed. <laughs> Look at the violence inherent in the system. Look at the violence inherent in the system. <laughs> That is that is the best, some of the best comedic writing of all time in that scene right there. Uh, where is that? I gotta find the. God, this quote page is long. Oh yeah, the whole movie is quoted. The whole movie. I also love the, uh, the castle on the swamp where he's talking to the guards and they're like they're trying to fill runtime in the movie and they're just like, no, you stay here, make sure he doesn't leave. <laughs> oh right, right, of course, very good. And then they, right at the end, they follow him out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, where are you going? We're following you. No. <laughs> Listen, strange women in lion and ponds, distributed swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. <laughs> and it's a he's just a peasant. He's like breaking rocks. They're they're like stacking mud. I think he's is doing what some menial unimportant task. I love the scene where they're they're doing the plague thing and the guy's like, bring out your dead. And that's a cool scene. There was, uh, I can't remember which of the Terry's, but one of them was very keen on attention to detail and making sure that, like, it all actually looked, like, medieval. And, right. Like, you know, Arthur's suit was clean compared to all of them. Of course, they couldn't wash the costumes, but, you know, keeping his as clean as possible. Uh, and, and when they're like, how do you know he's a king? He's not covered in shit. <laughs> Or when Sir Robin comes back like eight scenes later, that bard is still singing the song about him running away. <laughs> Brave Sir Robin ran away. He just he runs up and you just hear the bard is just like, he's running away, he's running away. Brave Sir Robin is running away. Listen to, oh uh, man. Yeah, <laughs> is that then? I don't know. Must be a king. Why? Hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> oh my 
my god. I was I was just cracking up the whole time during this movie. I was just laughing out loud. Emily was like, shut up. Trying to, trying to take this all in. Because it's like it's a movie it's hard to watch with somebody for the like them watching it the first time. Right. It is, it is a rewatched movie. Right. In my well, because and, and I feel like she probably didn't like enjoy it all that much. She was mad. Why? Because they because the ending. What's wrong with the ending? Because she was like, I wanted to see them get the grail. Oh, you can't do that, though. You, yeah, you're too invested in the story at that point. You need to... It's not about the grail. Right, there was no way for them to, like, get the grail. I mean, there was, but right. it would have just ruined the movie. Right. And they obviously couldn't afford an actual fight. Right, or a grail. They could probably gotten a grail. Wasn't it, wasn't it like, just a wooden cup? In the Our lantern is grail-shaped. Our beacon, <laughs> beacon is grail-shaped. Grail I, I did a lot of research to see if some of the other things were, like, actual references to anything. Yeah. And I was like, surely the Knights Who Say Knee is some obscure, you know, uh, Canterbury Tales reference or something like that. Something. Or a political nope. commentary or something. Nope, nope, nope. Ah, the Shoot, Knights complete, Who Say Knee! Complete nonsense. <laughs> complete nonsense. As far as I can tell. If somebody knows something I don't know, as far as I'm aware, it's utter nonsense. <laughs> like, the shrubbery, the red herring, the Knights Who Say Knee all together. <laughs> must cut down this tree with a herring! Cut down a tree with a herring? It's barbaric. You know what scene I liked a lot better when I was watching this young as a younger me? What? This one, for whatever reason, didn't age well. Is the Black Knight thing. It's so early in the movie. Yeah, it's real early. <laughs> what I do love is they're like, we must cross this bridge tonight. And it's like a little like step, like wooden bridge right. over a small dried up pond or like stream. Yeah. Crick. How do you say that word, Ethan? C-R-E-E-K. Creek. Is a crick a different thing? I think so. How would you spell it? C-R-I-C-K. I think a crick is what a about, small creek. What about the a creek is a small stream? No. A creek is a small, like, river. Then what's a stream? I don't know. What What do you call the, the thing on top of your house? A roof. Okay, good. It's not a roof. Roof? A roof. We are from the south. We are from the south. What do you call them tiny lobsters that hang out under rocks? Crawdads. Yeah, crawdads. If I ever met somebody that, that, that actually said crayfish, I'd probably just punch him in the face. <laughs> I'm like, what on earth is a crayfish? It's crawdad. Crawdad. Crawdad in time. What do you call it when the sun's out, but it's raining? I, what, I don't know. It's the devil beating his wife. <laughs> a, a, that is a thing, like, local to, like, our part of Appalachia. Really? And if you say that pretty much anywhere else, you know, people look at you like, what? You know, Ethan, your mom worked in Franklin County all throughout your youth, and I lived in Franklin County for a part of my youth. My mom still works in Franklin and, County. And when I lived in Franklin County, in Sunday school, they didn't just tell us who made the sunshine, they told us who made the moonshine, too. <laughs> God made the sunshine and Clem made the moonshine. Who? It's Clem. Oh, I was thinking you were going to say Cletus. Cletus made the moonshine. Cletus. Billy John. <laughs> it was a real deal thing. When my parents moved into that house, like people came over with jars of moonshine. It's like, like instead of bringing you an apple pie, like welcome to the neighborhood, they brought you an apple pie moonshine. Yeah, jar. no, my, every year at Christmas, mom would come home with gallons. Yeah, like in an old water gallon? Yeah, in, yeah, in a, like a milk jug. Yeah. Still had the Food Lion 2% right. sticker on it. And the blue cap. Right. It's a real thing, yeah. guys. There was no liquor stores. It's like you got it from Ace Hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I've been in the Ace Hardware in Franklin County, in Rocky Mount, downtown, air, air quotes, and seen it's it downtown. and seen it happen. Where market. somebody goes up to the somebody goes up to the counter and the guy behind the counter just pulls out a jug, sits it on the on the counter and gets This isn't a very big town. You're gonna get this dude in trouble. You're a narc, Ethan. It's, it's not, uh, who? I was good friends with the chief of police. I think he knew what was going on. Yeah, I don't on. think they care that well, much. There's a, I was good friends with his son. You know how I, I know was, they I don't, don't care like, anymore? I'm like, hey, butch. 
You know how I know they don't care anymore about Franklin County Moonshine? It's because there's, there's a, a fucking TV it. show about it. <laughs> oh, man. What a classic thing. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs, where Ty and Ethan talk about literally anything but Monty Python. We're talking about Monty Python. This is all... This is the thing about Monty Python, is that they were so hyper-focused on the great comedy that you and I, less experienced comedians, continue to get sidetracked. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a movie a, that, that, like... It's like the Sleep With Me podcast, but a movie. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, you, It's just all over the place. This movie can easily put you to sleep. No, I'd be laughing. Scoots doesn't make me laugh. Scoots makes me sleep. Scoots. Scoots. Scoots is like, you know, I was watching Monty Python, and come to think of it, you remember that movie Anaconda? I always thought that was about a python. Anyway. We should get Drew from Sleep With Me on Bacon and Eggs and just see what happens. Does anybody fall asleep listening to Bacon and Eggs? I feel like some podcasts, most podcasts I listen to, I could fall asleep listening to. I could not fall asleep listening to our show, partially because it's my voice, and partially because I think that we are louder. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could fall asleep listening to Ear Biscuits. I, could. I can't fall asleep listening to Dear Hank and John. No. I couldn't fall asleep listen to ear biscuits either i've done it because well, not old ear biscuits where there's guests like current ear biscuits you'd be sleeping and then you know all of a sudden out of the the depths of your brain Rhett would just come and be like and what they did is they changed all the smithfield's <laughs> chicken and barbecue to be sc and b and now it looks like a bank <laughs> those dudes this get loud i recommend podcasts i can't listen to hank i can't fall asleep listening to hank green talk about anything i love hank green but the dude's got a nasally voice i love hank green growing up is realizing that hank green is the interesting i still i still like john better still a john i'm a i i, I listen to dear john and hank uh, 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 uh. i like i'm a fan of john green's books but i have a feeling i'm and i could be wrong about i think i i think i will not like it as much as other people do but i think i will love hank green's book we'll see i think i will resonate with it more than i do turtles all the way down i have yet to finish turtles all the way down i'm surprised by that it's it's it, it took me about three tries but then it was smooth sailing and i read it twice in a week well i don't have the audio book i just have the book book and i don't have time to read book books book books are hard yeah. you can't read a book book while you're driving right. i don't i don't have any time to read the book book welcome to bacon and eggs where tiny didn't say book book also, if you wanted to, like, get the audiobook, you can just go to audibletrial.com slash eggs. You get a free month of Audible for free and a free audiobook. Free month of Audible for free and a free audiobook. I said free one too many times. So, fun fact. I have nine Audible accounts. Ethan. Nine. Can't do that. It was all in college when I was very broke. It's not now. Correct. I don't. I, all I use is the same one now. But I was. Go I use. I have two. I had one that I canceled because I, I got one book on it, and it's the one attached to my Alexa. So she only plays a Doctor Who novelization read by David Tennant. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I have. I and then I I use the Super Carlin Gaming email for my other audible account that has like my 30 books or whatever on it so i don't know how long you've been using audible but i think i've been using audible longer than you and the sub the subscription thing is like relatively recent as long as i've had audible you get a credit a month right so i just i used to get audible where it was like you get a free book when you sign up and that's it well that's not as useful right and then you yeah when you create your account you get a free book and then you have to buy them and you pay 15 dollars a month no Oh, you okay. just had to pay full price for the book. I'm trying to I'm trying to log into my Audible account real right now because so, I'm curious. I have I have what? five Audible accounts that have five Game of Thrones books on them because they were like forty five dollars a piece. You can buy three extra credits now yeah. for thirty five dollars and eighty eight cents. So if you're like, man, I would love to read the entire Harry Potter, the series. Divergent, the Divergent series, because that's three books. Yeah, you can do it. But I don't want to. Yeah, and I'm only, I drive a lot, so I could probably knock one out every week. I don't want to wait three months. Thirty six dollars gets you three. I don't know if they're good audiobooks. I haven't listened to them. I read the first one and I quite enjoyed it. I read it in like three days. But anyway, um, I was anyway. I was searching for a book the other day, uh, and I had to I couldn't remember which Audible account it was under, and I discovered that I have a lot of them. 
So I will not be getting any more free audiobook credits from Audible. I feel like I've used up my karma on that one. Yeah, you have. You could use, I would say you can use my Audible account and you can just log in, but I don't want you to. Uh, you, you texted me today. I texted you and said, I want to talk about the Beatles tonight. And you said, are you stealing my ideas? Oh, okay. So and I said, no, you know, all the, you know, all the scenes that in this movie that are like really weirdly animated, like filler scenes. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I learned that today that that is a trademark, not trademark, but like a, yeah, it's a Monty Python, Monty Python thing. thing. Right. And Terry Gilliam. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out, like, where I had seen stuff like that outside of Monty Python before, and I realized that, like, the there's this, the Beatles have this movie called Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. familiar with based, it. I've never seen Based it. on the song it. Yellow Submarine. It's about, believe it or not, a submarine that is yellow. Yes, yes. And is also a TARDIS. But what? It travels through time and space to all of these strange lands. Anyway, the whole movie is pretty much uh, animated like that. Okay. And I had a point about this, but I can't remember it. Okay, okay. I don't know. It's very strange. You're all over the place. I am. It's a very strange movie. And I started talking about it, and I lost it. I don't know. You know what else kind of looks like that? What? Let me see if I can find the name oh, of it. Also, Yellow Submarine it... is about uh, is a movie about the Beatles. However, they uh, the people that voice acted the Beatles are not the Beatles. What? Yeah. So, they like wrote it. So the I? songs like, like... are by the Beatles. Uh, and it's pretty much just like a rock opera, animated rock opera of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the album. What? Yeah. I'm learning so much right now. And This is why I don't actively pursue the Beatles. And, well, okay, so... Yeah, different point. I'll make it in a second. But yeah, it's like a like a rock opera of of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, and all the songs are by the Beatles, but like they got different voice actors to play the members of the Beatles. That's so weird. Yeah, because because they were like so vocal. They were. Well, and they made they made a bunch of movies. Did they? Yeah, uh, maybe not a bunch, but there's a there's a few. Um, I know. I remember one specifically. I'll be so surprised if you know which one it is. I don't know which one it is, so you could say any of them, okay. and I'd be like, yeah, that's probably it. Where there was a scene where they were like driving away from somewhere and using a boot that had paint on the bottom to leave footprints. That's like the only thing I remember about this whole film. I'm pretty sure that's Yellow Submarine. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I clearly, if that's all I remember, I don't remember the rest. So I, I, I don't. I, I, no giant Yellow Submarine. Of note. Yeah, and there's like they go to like SpongeBob Glove World, where all the enemies are gloves. Dude, Glove World. That's before the scariest episode of SpongeBob. What's the? Oh yeah, the the rock bottom one. Rock bottom. Can't figure out which bathroom he's supposed to use. Head of its time. Yeah, weird, weird episode. Do you remember Angela Anaconda, the Nickelodeon show? No, no, I don't. Just Google an image of Angela Anaconda, okay. and it is like I hated this show. It like sketched me out just watching the previews. I would literally. Like, when I was a kid, I could just turn the TV on and watch TV for hours. But if I was watching, like, the ending of an episode of Rocco's Modern Life or Spongebob or whatever, and then oh, Angela God, oh, yeah, yeah, coming okay. on next, yeah, weird, weird. I, would, I would, like, either turn the TV completely off or I would switch. I would rather watch Courage of the Cowardly Dog, which is a fine show as an adult, but was horrifying to me as a So it's, it's weird that you bring that up because Angela Anaconda reminds me strongly of a scene from this yellow submarine movie uh and i think it ended up being the music video for it but it's it's the part of the, the movie where they play eleanor rigby oh man i love that song i know that song. and it's like a weird it's the same kind of animation where it's like pictures of faces on animated people mm-hmm. it's just strange uh and that that's a good song that's one of my favorite beatles songs it's, it's haunting i don't have a clue what it's about uh and i don't know that i want to know because it just brings me, I, I, I don't know that I would say joy, because you can definitely tell that there's some ominous things going on. But it's just like a... What, Eleanor Rigby? Yeah. Do you, I don't know what many of the Beatles songs are about, actually. Come to think of it, like Beatles songs that I know, I, I couldn't tell you that I, I know what they're about. Eleanor Rigby's... Like, let it be, I can, I can pretty well nail down. Eleanor Rigby's about a, a woman that works in a church. 
and lives in a church. She looks at all the lonely and people. And dies in a church. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where the wedding has been. Lives in a dream, which apparently rhymes in British, but not in American. Well, American is the true language. And before you Brits tell us how it's supposed to be, it is believed that uh, accents are very hard to track through history, but it is believed that the American Southern accent was brought here in whenever the Brits colonized. Yeah. And then they changed over time. That's, that's the theory that I've heard, same. yeah. So, Which is weird, because we now hear... I'm just imagining some, like, hill country rednecks reading Shakespeare. I mean, can you imagine? It's Sometimes there's a certain voice you do where it almost makes more sense. Where, like, you think you're supposed to be reading it with, a, like, a modern British accent, but then you put on a different voice, and it's almost like, like the way it was written sounds well, and more you, normal. And you have to understand what they're talking about when they talk about, like, American Southern accent as opposed to, like, swamp people. Or, I like, thought it was more dynasty. like swamp people. Do you think it's more... More like gone with the wind do you think it's more like savannah yeah okay because that's what i've always understood like, to is... be like a southern accent as opposed to just like a redneck accent because there's no way they were sitting there like but south what light through yonder window breaks juliet they might have been i mean they might have been but you don't like you weren't there you don't know i think i, I always try to put it in perspective of pirates of the caribbean what, what if they were all like american southern johnny depp's accent in that been. movie is not all that far away from like savannah savannah yeah. Charles. What? It's the capital of Assyria. I don't know that. <laughs> Dead. They just kill him off there at the end. Yeah, thrown into a volcano. Galahad gets like... his favorite color wrong. Blue. No. No. Yo! <laughs> I'm talking African or European swallows. I don't know that. How do you so much about swallows? You must know these things when you're king. Oh, man. What a... But yeah, the way we got on this topic, I think, was you said something about the, the Black Knight scene not holding up over time. And I will admit that that was something I liked a lot more when I was a kid. I would agree with that. And I feel like, and maybe it was just our perspective, uh, but when I was a kid, people would buy Black Knight t-shirts. And not like people my age. I th I'm sure they did. Uh, Caleb but I remember had like, one. I remember seeing... Yeah, but he had the mind of like a 35-year-old. He, he also 16. loved this movie. Well, it's a good movie. Yeah, but he loved this movie more than your average 14-year-old should have. Correct. Uh, this movie was good. This movie's really good. I'm curious as to where we're going to end up ranking it. Well, we're getting close. I know. I know. And I think... We're not quite there yet. Uh, what is this? When was the first time you saw this movie, Ethan? Do you remember? Uh, no, I was, I don't know, too young. So this is this has always existed for you, kind of like Star Wars. I guess you remember Star Wars, but like for me, there was never this a is, world where I hadn't this, seen Star Wars. There was there was a world where I had not seen Star Wars. There was not a world where I had not seen this movie or been aware of Monty Python. Okay. Do you remember the first time you watched it with other people, or do people you remember like, the first time other than somebody my parents, else? Or like, yeah, somebody showed it to me. I was probably in uh, like middle school. I remember being at a birthday party in that like late elementary middle after i moved to roanoke yeah uh era where i was at a birthday party and we watched this movie because i remember we watched the dvd special edition you weren't there so it was probably still in elementary school yeah i didn't have i don't have like a specific memory tied to this movie that's so interesting to me like and maybe it's because i've have seen ever, it so can, much and like i don't necessarily remember seeing it for the first time have you ever done one of those midnight cult classic like movie watchings like go and see this or the room or uh what's that one at halloween rocky horror I have not. And I, and I have no, I have no desire. Let me just tell you straight up before this question comes up. I have no desire to go to a, a an air quote screening of Rocky Horror. No, me neither. I've never watched None. it, but it's, I'm not interested in the culture surrounding it. I am it. so deeply uninterested in what that movie has to offer. Is there a Halloween movie you do like? I, I, don't, I don't even know if Rocky Horror is a Halloween movie. Well, it's, it's usually, I feel like to me, it's a Halloween yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot of people it's, treat it like that. Um, like, honestly, I don't know. Cause like a lot of the Hall a lot like of the Halloween movies are, are are not that great. 
Do you like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? No. Yeah, I watched it this year, and I think revisiting it, I might like it more. I've only seen it once. So the first, I've, I've seen it I've, once. I've just seen it the once. And it was like two years ago, maybe? I was not particularly impressed. I didn't think the singing was that good. In fact, that it was like almost bothersome how bad I thought it was. Right. And it's like, like oh yeah, everybody's like, oh, it's this musical, it's Danny Elfman. And like, yeah, Danny Elfman should have been good at that. He was in Oingo Boingo, but... Oh, that's over my head. Interesting. Yeah. Was it? Is it? You yeah, know why we're reviewing this movie? right now why because of ready player one yeah oingo boingo is like the first thing they talk about in ready player one oingo boingo i yeah, do dead know. man's party yes yeah it's a band anyway yes. um they fun fact they provided the uh the brass on a little piece of heaven by Avenged Sevenfold. man that's a track yeah so oingo boingo did that but uh i guess we should talk a little bit about why we are reviewing this movie in the middle of our star wars yeah we just gotta i mean you let's know, do that real before quick. we do a new hope we need to review, review monty python on the holy grail obviously everybody's right. favorite legend grail legend is star wars right <laughs> um uh, so the reason we're doing this is we wanted to take a little bit of break from star wars but between each of the saga or between each of the trilogies or stories or whatever uh and it is one of the sort of like cathartic points in ready player one maybe would be the right word i would just say it's like a it's a huge plot point and it's not much of a plot point at all but it's a huge step in ready right player it's one. one of the like challenges yeah if you haven't read what ready player one by ernest klein you should go do it it's a great book regardless of what people are going to tell you over the next couple weeks they're gonna tell you it's for edgelords yeah it's already being nick caged by people who aren't liking the movie and Whatever happens with the movie, who, let me just say this: whatever happens with the movie is not the book's fault. I don't know. Th- I don't. I don't know that it's Spielberg's fault either. I think it's no. It's just. I think th- this mo- this book never should have been made into a movie. No, it should have been a. I think it could have been a good HBO or Netflix show. I don't even know if it could have been that. It's like to get to get the story that was in the book. Like, not the technology doesn't exist, but it's just it wouldn't have worked right. Right. It. it the reason I say HBO or Netflix show is because when I picture the book as I'm reading it, I can see a different director doing each scene because it's very much it's this idea in film and cinema that you almost never see where you take a whole bunch of different ideas it's like uh one of those like spoken word poems where every like stanza of the poem they animate but it's animated by a different animator are you familiar with yeah. this concept it's like that where it's like you go in and you say okay this is the first scene these are the actors you get to use i'm not going to tell you anything about the rest of the movie right like here's the script film it however you want and you have to use these actors for these right Exactly. It's it's and that's how they do a lot of well not how they do a lot of TV shows, but a lot of TV shows have different directors for every single episode. Right. But they have a little bit more of a creative team saying, Okay, well like continuity is important. Correct. Here, and so and this this up, movie but. is almost needs to be made like one of those like cop shows or hospital shows where you have like an, there is an overarching plot, but it's not super duper important to the individual episodes. Right. And you like you dig into it towards those season finales. Yeah, you get and a stuff. season arc. It's like a it's yeah. like an older network television show is the thing. Because like a lot of the with the, the Netflix shows and the HBO shows that are you know 10, 12 episodes, eight episodes of Kids Stranger Things. It's just like plot, 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 plot. Oh, man. Whereas I've, I've just watched I, an entire season of Lost recently in like the past week and a half, and it's like they're filler episodes. You mean like the episode with the uh, tarantula or whatever? Yeah, with the spider that bites Nikki and Pablo. Who? Nikki and Paolo. I, I know. I'm just. Or like the episode where Jack gets his uh, like tie tattoo. That's a real tattoo. Yeah, and part Not- of it. Part uh, of it is. Huh? Part of it is a real tattoo. Really? It's just the seven. Oh, he doesn't know. have the Asian letters underneath, characters underneath it. Oh. Yeah. It's just the big seven. Interesting. Yeah. And so they, Was it Matthew Fox? That's his name? Yeah. So they were like, we need a filler episode. Matthew Fox, you have this awful tattoo. And he was like, hey. But here's the thing is, this is why Stranger Things works with this, is that you could be a geek in the 80s and people could watch the show and resonate with it. But as a blockbuster film, if you're going to do the 80s thing, you've got to do blockbuster kind of 80s characters. Right. 
This movie right. will not. Do, you got it. This movie will not feature at all in Ready Player One. I don't think. Wait, what? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, I don't think I it will don't be think present so. in Ready Player One. No. Maybe in name. I think they would do well to, to kind of Easter egg to the whole plot of the original book and like mention the things that are mentioned but it will not be a plot point it will not be a challenge it will not in any way factor into the the whole plot of the movie well because the book talks about like not just geek things from the 80s but like niche geek things from the 80s like all video games from the 80s it's like yeah people played video games back then but not like they do right, now like japanese kaiju movies right right exactly where it's like you know uturo man is not yeah. like iron giant people know that uturo right man, nobody knows Spider man right and also Spider man like, if you're gonna talk 80s you have to talk michael jackson you have to talk madonna you can't talk joust yeah let me make one point here real quick. Uh, Spider-Man, who is supposed to be the Japanese Spider-Man, uh, is way better than American Spider-Man because Spider-Man in Japan gets a giant robot. Yes. Like a giant fighting yes, battle does. mech. Yes. Well, that was the thing in the Peter 80s, Parker would be way cooler mech. if he had a giant battle mech. I think he has one in Infinity War. Maybe. I don't know if it's a giant battle mech, but he's at least the Iron Spider. Yeah, but like we're going to see a lot more Iron Giant and a lot less Leopardon. <laughs> we're not going to see Black Tiger. We're not going to see... Joust. The... Joust. I would be surprised if we see Captain Crunch. Oh, almost certainly not. Or Zork. Yeah. I don't know though. Zork made it like into a pretty halfway decent episode of Big Bang Theory. And Zerg is based on Zerg, yeah. right? I think so. Big Bang Theory. Man, I cannot watch that no, show. No, it's awful. Man, is it like it's hard to watch. Yeah, it didn't used to be. I, I used to care about Penny's. It, it had its time. That was the show. It had its time. And it has passed the its time. How does she do it every time? Uh, it used to so here was my impression of Big Bang Theory was that like it's a about the nerds but it's really about penny right? right and now it's about the like it's it's only about the nerds mm-hmm. and their uninteresting qualms with life like their challenges of oh this trekkie conference didn't go as planned like, sorry well and part of the problem they're they're having with that is like nerd is cool again that is like, the star problem. trek is, is that, cool like, right and like being a nerd is cool like, not being an edgelord <laughs> You're not being, not being Ernest Klein. I'm sure Ernest Klein is like a person to hang out with is the worst, the absolute worst. If you're listening to 80s on eight and he's like telling you what record company recorded every song, that's not a, that's not a car ride I want to be a part right. of. Like, right. I'm not interested in that at all. Cause he did an AMA on Reddit and somebody was like, how much research did you have to do for that movie? And he was like, I mean, honestly, I knew most of it. Most research was just confirming what I already knew. I mean, I feel that on some level though. It's like, I know a lot of useless trivia. Right. Okay. Not to that do level, you know what, but what record label recorded Oingo Boingo? No. Exactly. But I Do you know I also, what, like, what record label recorded Trace Adkins or whatever music you were into when you were young? I, there's like three country labels, so... <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good idea. I can get close. Um, but yeah, so we are reviewing this because of Ready Player One. I don't think it'll feature in Ready Player One, and Ready Player One is a good book. Uh, I recommend getting the audiobook if you're going to listen to it. You go to audibletrial.com slash eggs and get a free month and listen to Will Wheaton, uh, also featuring very prominently in The Big Bang Theory. And, uh, he, and in Ready Player and One. And he will read you the, the book. And he does an incredible job of narrating it. I think I think Sheldon could have been Ogden Moreau. Possibly. Also, Ready Player One, the, his, the author, Ernest Klein also wrote another book called Armada, which is f***ing awful. Uh, <laughs> but it's also read to you by Will Wheaton, who therefore makes it bearable. Yeah, it's an, I've listened to like the first three chapters. It's an awesome concept and a really terrible execution. I think, I, I'm i afraid he's a one-trick pony, the old Ernie Klein. I'm certain he is, because I've read his other book, which, as aforementioned, is f- 
terrible. I know. I've tried to listen to it as well. It's not good. Um, I'm I'm curious because like J.K. Rowling is also a one trick pony, right? She can write Harry Potter, and that's it. Yeah, but so I'm Harry curious Potter is awesome. if Ready, right? And I'm curious if Ready Player Two is going to be any good at all. I doubt it. I just don't. I know. doubt it. S- sincerely doubt it. I'm not above listening to it. I think because the thing that made Ready Player One so interesting was not Ogden Moreau, James Halliday. James Halliday keeps saying Moreau. I don't know. Moro. 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 Ogden Moro. Moro. Stop Moreau. He's not French. <laughs> I've never read it. I like. Well, I remember when I saw the previews for the movie, and I went to IMDb, and I saw that all their names were like Lee, like you know, they had like letters and numbers yeah. and symbols and stuff in them. I was like, what? the H is like spelled yeah. out like A E C H or whatever. Yeah. The planet they go to, Arcade, is like A R C H A I D E. Really? Yeah. I want to. Yeah. I want to read it oh. just to get the actual like spellings and everything and stuff. I think that'd be interesting. Like, look at the graphs and the graphics because I'm sure there's like actual scoreboards in there. But oh, I don't right. own a copy yeah. of the book. And now I can't find the original cover. I don't want. The Thank movie you. Cover. I was just about to say that. Oh my. I got I hate movie covers. I get hate why them. they do it. Hate them. Like I have the Love Simon movie cover because then I walked into the store and I was like, Simon versus the Homo sapien agenda. I know that's it because it's got the when guy the from book the movie is, on the front. When the book is not called the same thing as the movie, I get it. I understand. And I get that you want to release a new edition that ties in, well, not ties in with the movie, but that like has the movie cover. But don't stop selling the original cover. The original right. cover was a, a a work of art that somebody put serious time and consideration to. And the movie cover is generally just a bad screen cap. Correct. Uh, actually, there's a... But they, I'm they, gonna, I'm, do you know why they do it, Ethan? Why do they do what? You know why they released the movie version? No. Because they want to sell more books. Yeah, I mean, for sure. They, they don't care about you and I being like, I want the original. No, but now you... They just want to sell more books. But now books. you can't... Because like, you can still find an original cover of the Faulkner Stars. Yeah. You can't... Those are still like the ones in the Barnes & Noble. I was just there. Well, they weren't for a while. Were they the ones that had... They had uh, Shailene Woodley and Ansel Elgort lying upside down from each other. Man, that's a good movie. It is. and there's But there's generally too much going on on like movie book covers I, and... I don't like I don't like book covers that have human beings on the cover at all i don't mind if it's drawing that's fine but i want like a design and some words about the book there's a there's a great ted talk i'm gonna link in this um it has nothing to do with the movie but it's a it's entirely about this topic about like what makes a great book cover hank green does a good video about that as well yeah it was just super interesting because it's from this like ex penguin illustrator whose whole job was to like come up with like the jurassic park book cover Mm. and he Man. He, like, designed the Jurassic Park logo. Man, you want to talk about a book worth sitting down and reading with your eyes. Terrifying. Fucking oh, terrifying. I remember picking that book up in uh, 10th grade English and, like, during, like, a free reading hour or whatever. Because I was way, way too good at English to be in, in the English class I yeah, was in. Yeah, same. Uh, but I didn't want to do summer reading and nothing was going to change that. Uh, so, and that was, like, the only other option was to take, like, advanced English and right. summer reading. I remember picking that book up in that class and then going home, like, and being like, holy crap, I cannot put this down. And then, like, just thinking about it all day. And then when I went home, I'm pretty sure I read the rest of it oh, until I fell yeah. asleep. And then I woke up and kept reading it. Yeah, no, I, like, picked it up on, like, a Friday afternoon and was done with it, I think, by Sunday morning. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. So is The Lost World. They both are. Which is crazy because I don't read, like, grown-up fiction. No. Like, I still pretty much exclude read young adult yeah, same i just i mean it's like, just better it's for pleasure i read adult nonfiction. yeah not like but, whoa not like romance novels like y- young adult fiction is is just better why would you make it hard for me to understand like, now i do i do read some like fiction like just straight fiction like i've read all the uh i've read all the the um da vinci code books i think those are borderline they're not you think they're for they're grown-ups. for grown-ups they're uh, stay in like a like a beach house and you'll find the da vinci code books oh yeah along with like it is, every robert Lovell i think it novel, is like every james patterson novel 
I think the Da Vinci Code was is like the greatest beach book of all time. Is what they right, say. Right, but there's like so the there's like six says. of them now. I thought there was four. No, they put one out last year or this year. That last year, end of last year. I I I'll be honest with you, I haven't read any of them, so I don't know. I've read all of them. Well, I've listened to the last two. I don't read books anymore. I go to audibletrial.com/slash eggs. Free trial, my favorite book. Um, so do, so let's, do uh, we let's, miss anything? Let's, let's bring it back. Get, I don't know. I mean, sure. here's the thing about Monty Python is I'm always down to talk about this movie. So if somebody has like questions about my thoughts about it, just join the Facebook group. There's a link in the doobly-doo. And I will literally sit there. Or what you can do, and this is something we want to pioneer home bacon and eggs, is you can shoot us an email asking for advice or our thoughts on a movie or whatever it is, and we will respond with, like, not just like a sentence. Like, we will respond with the best of our knowledge. And some of that best of our knowledge, if you're looking for advice, will be like, yeah, you should seek a doctor. Yeah. But we will respond. We might even start answering questions on the podcast. Who knows? We might just. We might We might make a blog out of it if, you, if you're uh, cool with uh, us answering your question. Anyhow, um, let's, let's wrap this this piece up. Ethan, what do we do first? There's not a villain. There's, there's no, no villain. villain here. I guess there's the Black Knight. There's the French. No, there's no villain here. It's It goes straight to a movie ranking. Yeah. There's no series Here's either. what I think. It's not a series. I mean, it could be. We could do like all of Monty Python. I don't want to do that. Uh, here's okay, my Okay, hold thinking, on. Let me get the list up. Give me a second. Okay. In case you guys are wondering where the big list went uh, and you didn't read the post in the Facebook group, um, the big list is now featured on our Patreon page. You don't have to be a patron to access it. It's there for everybody, but it is on our Patreon page because it was getting a little bit unmanageable to have to like mess around with the html code every week to get the list to work right because turns out our host a gracious host podbean doesn't like lists very much like numbered lists they don't translate very well in the rss feed so the whole list of every movie we reviewed is now on patreon and that'll be updated weekly but the the movies that are in a series will still have a series ranking in the or will now have a series ranking in the uh description so here's the list and i'm i it, i don't think i need to start from the bottom i'd be offended if you did i think only one movie we reviewed is better than this movie you think it's not as good as back to the future correct but i'm willing to hear your argument otherwise your other option is the last jedi oh, it's better than the last jedi it, yeah okay so we're is it number one or number two is where we're at right now it's a tough question that's a tough like head to head yeah you know they're groundbreaking. They're, they're both, both groundbreaking movies. They're both iconic. Yeah. If you asked people, if you asked the general public to pick, I think they're going to tell you Monty Python's better. I don't know that I can say that it is. I think more people have seen Monty Python. I don't. I do. I think if you just ask a random person, they're more likely to have seen Monty Python than they are to have seen Back to the Future. Here's what I think is, I think the attention to the detail is quality in both of them is, you know, as high as it right. can be. You're mastering its version of the craft as best as it can. Back to the Future has a story. It does. You're not wrong. I don't know, man. I just like my gut is telling me it's better. I enjoyed it more than Back to the Future. Really? Yeah. I, they both put a big old dumb smile on my face. Don't get me wrong. And those are going to continue to be the kind of movies that make it to the top of this list. I'll tell you that sh straight up. I don't know. I, I mean, if we did like a proper avant-garde film, I'm pretty sure it would knock them both out. But maybe it depends. It depends upon the film. I think if we came in here and did like Lady Bird, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. Have you watched it? No, I haven't. But if we came in here and like did The Prestige, it would win. Yeah. I think if we came in here and I'm I'm, I'm kind of mad that you said a Christopher Nolan movie because I was going to say The Dark Knight, but... I don't think The Dark Knight is better than Back I do. Future. I don't know that it's better than The Last Jedi. Well, I think our Last Jedi ranking is going to fall. I think The Force Awakens is going to be the one that ends up up there. I mean, I definitely think something will eventually replace... We're, the Je Last Jedi ranking is falling right now. Like, it's going from two to three, regardless of where we end up putting Monty Python. Right, but we, when... I, I am under the impression that when we redo The Last Jedi here in a few weeks, we're going to re-rank it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's going to change that much. I don't know. I, I know that uh, I don't think it's in my top three Star Wars movies. That's fine. But you're, you're, you're saying this is if we've already ranked the other Star Wars movies. Correct. And we have. Like, 
there's here's, room for those Star Wars movies between and maybe above Back to the Future and The Last Jedi. Like, some of them, at least. I think there's at least one Star Wars movie that comes to mind that could beat Back to the Future. We'll find out in a couple weeks. That's kind of... So that's... I just want to tell you my mind. Obviously, we're going to have to watch them and see how we feel after watching okay. them. But my brain right now is saying A New Hope can be better. Empire can be better. Force Awakens cannot. But my mind is also saying Force Awakens is Force the best Awakens one. is the best one. And I think it's the context of Last Jedi that makes Force Awakens the I best one. I don't think you needed The Last Jedi to make Force Awakens the best one. I don't know. We'll, we'll see when we get there. Force Awakens is a lot going for it. It's so good. It's a lot going for it. It doesn't... I, it's better I, than it. I, I haven't seen it probably in over a year uh but i can't think of like any scene where i'm like i don't even know it's better than a new hope we'll see see. anyway Uh, oh man this is a tough one normally these just kind of present themselves like there's an obvious and this is always when you're talking about the top of the list it's tough because there's nothing like in between but like you know the rest of the movies have kind of looked at have been like is it better than this yeah is it better than that no cool it's right there then right but this is definitely better than thor ragnarok definitely better than the last jedi Back to the Future. Right. It's like, it's right there. And I think that there's a huge gap between Back to the Future and Last Jedi. I, I agree. I do. Yeah. We just haven't put anything else in that gap. Yeah. We've also done very few movies that stood by themselves. Neither of those do. In fact, I think this is the only Back one. to the Future could have and was supposed to stand by itself. Back right. to the Future but is not far... made better by the sequels. Correct. Although I do like the third one. I did I did like the sequels, but it is not made better by the sequels. It's like, we were talking about this yesterday, I think. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl has all to do with the rest of them it's the best one right but it's it might as well be a different series oh yeah it has, the continuity like messes up no, exactly it's nothing to do with the rest of them it is not made better by the sequels it is not made worse by the sequels it is just it is another movie it's in a whole different storyline it's a completely different thing than dead man's chest and and at world's end right and the other two well i think those are a complete retcon too if i remember correctly no because i think will still has the heart oh yeah yeah, yeah and right. is i don't know well David Jones. i need to watch them at some point i haven't seen four or five but this is the only movie in our entire list that is a standalone. And I also, just before, I, I, I'm going to let you keep thinking about it because I'm going over a bunch of things in my head. For Saga series, what do you think is the best establishing film? Now, I'm going to give you some options. Of course, we haven't reviewed all of them. Do you like Iron Man? Do you like A New Hope? Do you like Sorcerer's Stone? Do you like... Because I'm not going to include like Back to the Future because that's a three film. That's a trilogy. That's got a beginning and end. I think there's universes that are still going that can be talked about. You know what I'm saying? Best establishing film? I think Iron Man does something no other film's ever done. That that I think... We give Iron Man a lot of credit here on this show. A lot of credit people don't give it. A lot of people will say ant-man is better than iron man which is ant-man's great ant-man not... didn't wasn't the the face that launched a thousand ships like right i think i think ant-man we probably give not enough credit the mcu but... belongs to iron man the mcu does belong to iron man and for like another couple of weeks until he's dead right but like the, the next offerings from the mcu are all pretty much down at the bottom of the list right. the incredible hulk iron man 2 thor we weren't crazy but it wasn't we got we didn't get another halfway decent movie until captain america which was four years later and and we are like the only ones that like it you know what I'm saying? Like, First Avenger was not well-received. I mean, it was, like, more so than the other ones, but it was not well-received. I mean, like a lot Iron of people tell you they didn't make another good movie until Winter Soldier or Guardians. Avengers is the one people will tell you was the next oh, good yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. People, a lot of people will say that Avengers is the establishing film that matters, but Iron Man right. is, and they're wrong about the, uh, that. So what is the best establishing um, movie i mean iron man is better than the sorcerer's stone for sure and fantastic beast yeah if you were to include that but i'm not going yeah. to um i think it's about as important like i think in 20 years when i'm showing my kids all my favorite movies i guess in 20 years my kids will be pretty old but uh i guess in 10 years or whatever when i'm going over all the great movies from my childhood with my children i think they will like iron man as much as they like a new hope 
I think it's going to be that important. I haven't seen A New Hope in a while, so I'm excited to watch it again. I don't know. I don't know that my kids would like A New Hope. I don't know if it's going to stay. I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, needless to say. With the level of like quality cinema we get these days, I don't know if the classics are gonna gonna hold up. Gonna hold up. Although Back to the Future did. Yeah, I mean we also haven't like this has been the the 2010s has been a decade of like superhero movies and reboots and see in unnecessary sequels to movies that like nobody was asking for. Well, and it's the birth of the saga. You it's know? not a bad thing. It's just like a lot of those classics are going to stand because it still was the last time they like made an original movie. Right. Um, so here's my thoughts on Back to the Future and. And, and I'm going to let you marinate on the other question while we get back to Back to the Future versus uh, Monty Python, yeah. whatever the f- we're talking about. Back to the Future is relatable. <laughs> Here's the problem is you can make all these points about why Back to the Future is a better film because by all accounts, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a terrible film, yeah. right? It breaks the fourth wall. It's got, you know, the acting isn't particularly great, but the writing of the jokes is ama- is yeah. so good that it pulls it all right. up. It's making fun of the whole film genre. Correct. I don't I have no idea where I stand. And I... And that's why I have trouble putting it lower, because, like, this is my favorite kind of comedy, is this, like, satire. Like, I love Mel Brooks okay, movies. Yeah, but Back to the Future is better than Spaceball. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying it's that Spaceballs is better than Back to the Future. I'm saying... I'm also... Well, hold on. Monty Python's better than Spaceballs. Correct. Can I, can I finish a sentence? Yeah, sorry. They, are, they definitely exist in the same vein, though. Yeah. He's like, they are, they are joking, but serious. It's not slapstick. Right. It's not, like, physical comedy where it's just people getting punched and, and like, you know, fart noises. It's got some of that. Right, but it's not, it doesn't hinge on that. Right. Also, I wouldn't say Spaceballs is Mel Brooks' best movie. Blazing, Blazing Saddles. Saddles, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, then Spaceballs. But, like, I love that. I love Caddyshack. I love Airplane. I love this movie. Those are my favorite kind of comedies. Is the, the the ones that like take themselves just seriously enough that it's funny. Can I just say on the on the point of comedy? I don't know that we were ever in a dark era for comedy. I think that there have been a lot of series of comedy that are good. I think this whole genre that you're talking about is excellent and amazing. Yeah. But I don't appreciate the comedy purist who can't go out and see Game Night or We're the Millers or Horrible Bosses and see modern comedy, like good modern comedy. And then like the comedy purist who's talking about all these old satires and classic writing comedies right and see the value in that I, it drives me crazy when people are like no modern comedy is nowhere near what it used to be well and i don't i don't think that those people are worth we did go through a a, a dark time in comedy but it's oh it's there over. Was still some shining moments. right but like oh like yeah post happy gilmore adam sandler movies are bad yeah and a lot of the will a ferrell semi-pro blades of glory yeah, a bad. lot of them are bad like anchorman but talladega Talladega Nights were hilarious good. uh will ferrell does some great uh, movies still but like Daddy's home. Bad. Stop yeah, that. But uh, grown ups. And like, stop making not, grown ups movies. Those are those are awful. Yeah. Uh, Kevin James. Go away. But like Dumb and Dumber, Liar, oh, I hate Liar. Dumb and Dumber. John, Dumb and Dumber is the one thing I think Jim Carrey ever did wrong. Oh, you're so. Oh, wrong. I hate him. I hate him. That was about the peak of like fart joke comedy. Yeah, though. it's never been my thing. Um, like Jim Carrey made a lot of incredible movies. I think I think my issue with these people is that they're comparing the wrong thing. It's like it's not even a better or worse kind of thing. It's like a you know in the Pentagon right. of your stat sheet. It's just this one. One's better at the top left point right. and Dumb and Dumber's better at the bottom right, right point. And you don't have to like all of them. Right. Okay, so here's here's my argument for, for this movie over Back to the Future. This movie did more for comedy than Back to the Future did for sci-fi. Well, yeah, Back to the Future was after Star Wars. Right. It's like, I love Back to the Future, but what what did necessarily did Back to the Future give us? I mean, if you want to talk about, like, the communities and legacies surrounding the film. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, what did okay. it... Okay, because I was going to say the Back to the Future community is better than the python guys are to their fans correct 
Yeah. Correct. Um, but also a lot of Back to Future actors had a hard time getting a job after that, for whatever reason. A lot yeah. of those people have done absolutely nothing since then. So, same with these guys. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they haven't done absolutely nothing, but, but they've done yeah. this. Um, but I just think, I think it gave more to the world than Back to the Future did. I don't know. I feel like I laugh more, obviously, watching this because it's a comedy. Uh, but I feel like Back to the Future has the recreated scenes, you know, from different perspectives. It's just like a happier... That was Back to the Future too. Thing. Oh, you're right. Um, I, don't know, I just feel like Back to the Future made me happier. Right, and I'm I'm disagreeing with that. Should we? We're stuck. I don't want to put it to either. a vote. I think because I don't I don't know that there is a right answer here. We can't be a tie. It can't be a tie. You're absolutely right. We can't have a tie no. for first place. And I don't think that they're equally. I don't think they're equals. No, I think that we can't decide. <laughs> what do we do? Do we coin flip? Uh, do we defer to to some some do- ranking? Like, no, because then we're not. It's, then it's not yeah. ours. I feel like here's my thing: is I feel like it should be an obvious answer. I really do, but it's not. Like to me, it's yeah. not. It's a tough one. Like this should be something where it's like, oh, you know, Back to the Future is a good series, but I mean, it's just, it's just whatever. You know, it's not Monty Python. Or, oh, Monty Python was good, but I mean, those guys were miserable, and it's, you know, the jokes are a little bit weird, and it's dry humor. And well, and I think before watching Back to the Future for the podcast, and you, if you had said like, which is a better movie? between Back to the Future and Monty Python, I've been like, Back to the Future is great, but it's no Monty Python. Right. Like, absolutely. And I, I get that's not a fair comparison for you because you've never seen it, but... Um. Well, as far as jokes, it's not. At least it's not as funny. Like, right. It is hilarious. It has that... I think... I, I crack up every time I think about where he's like, sorry, the model's not scale. It's not to scale or painted. <laughs> Gets me every time. I don't know, man. What do we do? Can we score them? Like, I'm trying to think if we sit down and you and I each take, like, a rubric out of 50 points and score each movie, right? And then we add those scores together. That gives it the bacon and egg score. That sounds exhausting. Really? Uh, it just We have to make a right, rubric, like, but that then I think just, it would be pretty simple. I mean, maybe. I don't moving know. Moving forward. We can discuss that, but we need an answer. I'm going to say it's not better than Back to the Future. I'm going to hold my ground I mean, on so that. am I. It's just not. like. I think it okay, did what it was I'm gonna supposed give to you, do. I'm, no, I'm going to... Here's what I'm going to do. Here's the point I'm going to okay. give to you. Because when it comes to these classic films it's hard to say any are better than the others i think and i'm surprised i'm saying this i think monty python is more timeless than back to the future because george mcfly's peeping tom thing i would it's absolutely more timeless than back to the future right because back to the future has some like commentary in it that's like you cannot and back to the future is just it's just it's less known in today's society i don't know that that's true I do. It's uh, like, okay. that, it, it, you, I get that you like just discovered Back to the Future within the last six months. I get that. And, and we listened to the, here, and we listened to Nate Pratt talk about it, but like that is a small subset of people. I think I was surprised when I saw Back to the Future and I would tell people about it. They would be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe. Like non-film people would be like, I cannot believe that's not a Right, but I see people regularly, they'll quote Monty Python on Facebook. They'll be wearing, like you said, a a like Angry Rabbit T-shirt or like a like a Black Knight T-shirt. I think the DeLorean's about to be a huge part of your life again. Right, but that's that's <laughs> the fault of Ready Player One. Right, which is a weird argument to make because Ready Player One is going to value the DeLorean more than it values Monty Python. For sure. Because I don't think they got the rights for the X-Wing or the Vonnegut. Right. Well, and it's just like those aren't... He, he never used the X-Wing in the book. Right, but Star Wars is at its peak right now. I'm pretty sure if Spielberg was able to get an X-Wing, he would have... That, that right. Spielberg been... doesn't do Disney, though. Right. Like, that's been a thing. Right. So I'm going to say, because of the timeless factor, these jokes will always be funny. This is always going to be a great film. He's 10 years older, and we're arguing which one's better. I mean, that's, you yeah. know, that's a I, big deal. So I'm going to go okay. with that one. We're going to put it at the top. We're going to put it, it at the top. I'm cool with that. I, I would have been cool with it at two as well, but, like, it's... it's it, 
it, it's it's a sad conversation we had to have, but we had to have. It. And I think something's gonna gonna come along and make it more obvious. As the top? No, like that that makes the division between these two movies more obvious. I I don't know what could do that. I, I think these are very. Close I mean, to but each in the other. next you know five years, we're gonna review a lot of movies, and we're it's gonna true. have one. We're gonna, we're gonna have one that comes along and is like, is it better than Back to the Future? Yes. Is it better than Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Uh, obviously not. <laughs> Definitely right. not. Of course not. It's like something's going to make that, or it'll make it more obvious in the right direction or the other direction, and we have to switch them. You know, we've done that before. Retcon. But yeah. I- I'm cool with that. All right, let's 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 wrap it up. Shepherd's pie. What about shepherd's pie? That's our breakfast food. Okay. Coconut water. Shepherd's pie and coconut water. <laughs> Mostly for the coconut water for the coconuts and the shepherd's pie because this is so definitively British. Fair enough. I'm cool with that. That's a breakfast food in England, right? No, I don't think so. What do they eat for breakfast over there? There's th- I mean, I think this one, if you're going to go with English, should be a full English breakfast. What's a full English That's breakfast? A, I don't know exactly what's in it, but it's a thing. Complete with English breakfast tea. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm cool with coconut water though. Right, it's got to be coconut water. Some Zico. Full English breakfast. What is included in a full English breakfast? The traditional full English breakfast. And I'm sorry, uh, you know, English people, if I get this wrong, this is just what Google says. Includes bacon, traditionally back bacon, fried poached or scrambled eggs, fried or grilled tomatoes, fried mushrooms, fried bread or buttered toast, and sausages, also called bangers, and uh, black pudding. I think that totally fits this. Yeah, so we're going to go with a full English breakfast and coconut. I love it. (laughs) Go let two arms of a coconut. Right, because they couldn't afford English breakfast tea. Correct. But they could afford artisan coconut water. Something like that. All right, thank you guys for listening to us ramble on about uh, Monty Python. I've been Ethan Etchill. He's been Tyler Carlin. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at wownow, but the O's are zeros. You can reach him on Instagram at americarlin. That's America, R-L-I-N. And you can also get us both at Bacon and Eggs 23 on Twitter. You can join our Facebook group and where we have discussions and find sometimes bad reviews about the movie. Uh, the link is below in the description as well as you can find the link to our full listings and our Patreon at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. You can go donate, help us keep the lights on around here. Our artwork is by Vaishan Brandon. And did I miss anything? Uh, I don't think so. I just kind of rolled with that. I don't think so. Uh, I will say, I don't think we knew exactly what was going to happen when we reviewed this 90-minute perfect comedy. But I actually really enjoyed this I discussion. Did we had fun. I had a lot of fun tonight. Glad we did it. As did I. Again, guys, thank you for listening. And until next week, Arriva Dirty. Arthur, King of the Britons. Plot, 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 pl